1: welcome 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 to yet another episode of the bobo and flex show my name is bobo and i am your host and i'm with the beautiful flex i am i actually don't know how to introduce myself because i'm such an inconsistent bitch that every week i'm a new bitch but it's Gemini season So I'm feeling extra inconsistent And chaotic because I'm a Gemini How are you doing Flex? You want to introduce Maybe yourself? Maybe
2: people could introduce us for us That would be nice Yeah <laughs> How would you describe Honestly. us? Do you know what? I do find though that I, I've said this before But when we um When the podcast was so much smaller In its infantile stages I found that The people who followed us then Did a far better job at understanding our essence Mm. um then then now when the podcast is bigger i find that like yeah when the podcast was smaller people could see like the nuances in our personality yeah now the critique i get is like flex is everything turbo and she's always about calling people out and she's like the loudest one and blah 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 um saw this meme of like someone kicking a guy out of her bed that's so you (laughs) And then he it's like, like no. cradling my boyfriend yeah. <laughs> and then everyone would be like yeah Bobo's just like a sweet fairy princess who like just loves love and like it's not about confrontation we'll never call anybody out She'll i know meanwhile <laughs> like, are you sure meanwhile my inner bobo gemini time <laughs> <laughs> bobo will fuck you up <laughs> I'm it's more funny. concerned with respectability politics. So I would be like, if it's the right circumstance, I'll fuck you up. But if it's oh, not, yeah, I'm, my mouth bitch. is closed.
1: <laughs> Honestly, it's so funny. I was talking about this with my boyfriend too. Because he was telling me yesterday that it took him a while to understand the ways that I like resolve conflict. Like my cons- my conflict resolution. Like just the way that I navigate like conflict and like confrontation because i think with me i can be quite scathing but i think i don't come across like i think i come across as a really like soft person Mm. and so once i am mad like people don't see it coming so it feels even more potent than you would expect and i think like that's that's where the dissonance comes in which i also think is like such big gemini energy like yeah i'm sweet until i'm not and when i'm not i will literally send a nuke to your house and it's over you mm-hmm.
2: know whereas i'm the opposite in the sense that like i can do like everyday confrontation really really easily yeah but it's the big things that i'm like i've got to wait till the right circumstance like the other day <laughs> i was yeah buying my air fryer from kmart and because it's social distancing um, and because everybody's fucking shopping, <laughs> um, they had put these little um, red s- stickers on the ground that uh, that showed you um, where to stand. So you're staying mm. one point five meters apart from the person in front of you and behind. Yeah. Which meant that, you know, this line of 30 people just like trailed around the entire store, were, like bending and, and, you know, curving and whatever. Yeah. And so I'm standing there with my boyfriend on my phone giving the lady in front of us a bit more space than she needs because 1.5 metres is not that much. And, like, it feels like everyone's fucking breathing on your shoulder these days. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So then this woman and, like, her family of, like, five, and everyone was above the age of 25, so it was, like, you know, different generations were just hovering around the line.
1: Mm. And
2: I was like, let me just not look and see if she tries to, like, slide in because I know she won't. She won't. So, naturally, the line starts moving up and she kind of, like, darts in. And I was like, oh, excuse me, like, the line doesn't start here. The line is all the way back there. She's like, I know, but you're looking down at your phone and you were too slow. So, I thought I would slide in. I was like, excuse me. Excuse me. The line starts back there. I'm not going to do this. (laughs) And she was like, excuse me? And the woman in front is like, do you see the fucking line? The fucking line goes
1: on. That's me. I'm the woman in front.
2: At the back what do you think this is she's like the fuck up
1: that is You're literally me
2: <laughs> i was trying to be sweet and i thought you know what all i had to do was start the conversation because sis in front of me had that
1: <laughs> that my is literally was like,
2: yeah fully. my boyfriend's always so in awe that i just don't he was like i would have just like I wouldn't have known what to say if she had slid it. I'm like, what is there to say? But this is not where the line starts. It's, yeah, like... It takes nothing from me. But if it's big shit, like if I'm like, oh, I... What would be bigger that I'd be funny about? Um, Actually, no, mm. I'm, I'm quite a confrontational bitch. It's just the approach. Like, I just yeah. know I can get angry. So I'm like, is this worth getting angry over? If not, I had to let it go. Like the other day someone was mm. DMing me and I said... I was talking about my air fryer and I was like, Don't give me any recommendations. I will
1: <laughs> I saw <them."> that.
2: <laughs> and then some girl was like, I know you said no recommendations, but he and I was like, sis. Like you're what not the did I say? To rule. <laughs> like I don't know you. And so please just listen. Like I don't wanna to have to do this. And I was like, Is it worthwhile? Because you know, I was t- I was saying that we should do an ep- an episode on cliches and stuff because People was honestly oh, the yeah. best quality, blah, 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 blah. But a lot of these is situations, was like, should I would I be happy if I just blocked people? <laughs> Instead of having to like have that interaction when I've made them uncomfortable and they made me uncomfortable, I can just block mm. them and be done with it. But then is that just I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. And then similarly, I was talking about how the chips that I made tasted better than oven chips. And by oven chips, I meant the chips that I cooked in my oven. Yeah. And she was like, babe, like, if you had used Google, you would know that air fryers are ovens. And I was like,
1: are you, hey, bitch? I was like, how do
2: I, w- <clears throat> And I was like, I don't know if you mean to sound condescending, but you do. She's like, no, 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 I don't. know. I'm a big fan of you. I love the podcast. No, I was just saying, like, I thought my advice is as helpful as anyone else's. And it's like, look. I'm not here to make you feel bad. I'm just saying this is how it sounded.
1: (laughs) I've had that conversation too in my DM. And if it
2: hit, then like, it's not for me. But where were we? What were we talking about before? Oh, we got to start the episode.
1: (laughs) Yeah, lol. Yeah, but I also think it's like our voices. I think also the difference in our voices is Mm -hmm. also what trips people up. Absolutely. Yeah, like I think I speak really slow and you speak really quickly. Mm -hmm. And that also like has its own undertones Which is interesting It's all just there Yeah It's so interesting And this
2: is why I got over trying to appease people Because you'll hear what you want to hear
1: That's the thing Every time someone's like
2: flex is such a savage I'm like baby I've been sweet shut up
1: (laughs) Meanwhile you're a little jelly bean Like a a whole jelly baby A whole
2: jelly bean
1: (laughs) They don't know They don't don't know That's okay yeah, we
2: won't find out. It's all right. But this podcast episode, what are we discussing?
1: We're talking about success. I want to talk about success under capitalism, but also success in the broader sense of the word. We got a really interesting question. I asked in our Facebook group if people would suggest topics. And I really like this suggestion Someone said, I'd love to hear you talk about success, what it means, why we feel like we need it, and why sometimes we can't help being jealous of friends or others when they achieve it. I've been thinking about this a lot and what it says about us. And someone also had mentioned that they would like us to talk about boss bitch culture, which, yeah, we should get into that. But I also want to talk about success and friendships and just. Success in relationships. It's something that I was talking about with Mukundwa today. So maybe we can just open the conversation with that. And that'll like lead us into the broader discussion of success. But do you believe that your friends should be inspirational? Um, like, do you think your friends... You know that, that, speaking of cliches, that you are the sum of the people you surround yourself with. Mm. Firstly, do you believe that that's the case and if that is the case should your friends be successful yes mm,
2: Next why do question.
1: You think now, that.
2: okay okay so um yes i do but okay so that cliche you are the sum of the of the five closest people you keep around you it's yeah. kind of true but it's also been debunked because it's it, studies have shown that, yes, it's the five closest people, but that does extend to your friends, friends and their friends, friends, just your network. Like you really are your network. Yeah. Um, and they, a study was done um, to try and measure how this works. And they used common things like weight. Like if you are, if you are of like a normal BMI um, and your closest friends are obese and their closest friends are also obese, then you are, I think, 50% more likely to also gain weight. Mm. Um, so like, yes. And then also there was another, what was the other one? It was like, um, uh, oh, and they did the same study with smoking. Like if, if you found that your friend smokes, you're more likely to also be a smoker. And if mm. your friend's friends smoke, then you're more likely to also want to smoke because it's been normalized in so many ways. So, yes, inspiration, I think, is a little bit of a heavy word um, because the connotation is that they're exceptional. I don't think you need to be exceptional to be inspirational. I just think it means that you are showing or exuding some form of inspiration, aspirational creativity. And I think that's definitely, like, a bare minimum for people that I want to hang around with. If being in your presence at the bare minimum, if a conversation that we have or a joke that we share or an experience that we have doesn't, like doesn't leave me with a feeling of being inspired or excited or creative and what's no that's not for me
1: okay but to be
2: honest i have more of a um like traditional relationship to access, success i use traditional markers of success to govern my lifestyle mm. so i'm not the kind of unconventional bitch who's kind of like i don't really care i'm just here to like be happy and whatever no 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 i'm gonna get paid <laughs> and that payment will make me happy and so on and so forth
1: yeah yeah.
2: Also, I just I feel like I was a little bit more um loose with the company that I kept because I thought it had no effect on me at all. Mm. I like to think I'm invincible, but I remember that maybe this time last year and the year before, I used to speak to Grace a lot about like just like about people drama, like what like things that were happening in my friends' lives where I was like, Is this weird? Is this insane? And at one point Grace was like, number one, she's like, don't tell me fuck shit about your friends um, if I'm never going to meet them because it's going to, it's going to warp my idea oh, of Perception, them. yeah. Which is so true. But then having that response made me, because then in my head I was like, but they're not even my friends. They're just acquaintances who tell me things. Yeah. And I was like, but even so... I can I can convince myself that they have no effect on my life, but here I am spending all this time trying to recall and recount right. the situations. Is this weird? Is this not weird? And it does affect how I'm perceived because now I'm perceived to have fucked friends,
1: right? And like right.
2: And I'm now here. I'm, now I'm here trying to justify how we're not friends. We're just acquaintances. Oh no, we're colleagues, and so. Having to, like, analyze, like, my, that caused me to analyze my relationships. I was like, fuck, I really keep too many stragglers on board. And strugglers in the sense that, like, my, stragglers in the sense that your relationship with me benefits mm. you more than my relationship with you does. Oh, So where you regard me as a close friend and I'm, you're just, like, a, a, a casual acquaintance to me. Right, right. Like, right. you come to me with your problems and I'm like, I would never tell you anything.
1: <laughs> yeah. I just had to trim yeah. the
2: fat a little bit.
1: That's so interesting. I think I have that as that problem as well. Or maybe it's not a problem. I don't know. It's but yeah, big- I definitely have imbalanced relationships where to me someone is just... But I also think my definition of friendship just carries a little bit more weight than I think the average person's definition of friendship. Mm-hmm. Um And I think, yeah, I think it's not because I need more from friends. I think it's because I just need different things that are a bit heavier. But ultimately, the question here is, could you be friends with a bum?
2: I could, but I don't want to at this stage in my life.
1: Really? Why not? What if they were, like, really interesting? And, like,
2: let's talk bum. Because I feel like we use bum quite colloquially and people yeah. might think we need actual homeless person.
1: Oh, so- no, no, no. Yeah. No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I would say I define a bum as somebody who prioritizes... um like leisure and pleasure in spite of themselves and their situation. I think bum is having a scarcity mentality and a broke mentality. Mm. I think bum is regarding those who want to aspire for success in any way that aligns with capitalism as being the enemy or evil. Just like, that's how I view it. I think bum is circumstantial as well because there's bummy behavior that doesn't necessarily constitute you as being a bum. Mm. Like for me, like today, I woke up at, no, we would have been yesterday. Yesterday is a good example. I woke up at 1pm. Bummy behavior. But I also, like, paid bills and made a lot of money just by passive income. Yeah. So, like, not a bum. But, you know, we all have our,
1: all have Yeah, you our, have your um, bummy days. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
2: But we all have our standards. So we talk bum, I'm talking, like, the whole person is who they are because of yeah. how they act. There's no separation. <laughs> what what's your definition of bum for like for the context of this conversation
1: yeah i would say and i, I have no negative connotations for the word bum mm. i think it's such a neutral word yeah i think a bum is just someone who pri like basically a hedonist um yeah i think the words like hedonism and bummery are quite synonymous for me so it has less to do with class and it has more to just do with your relationship because like if we really think about it um what's his name you know courtney kardashian's husband baby daddy yes like he's a bum you know what i mean like that's yeah like bum bitch behavior yeah um yeah so to me there's no negative connotations it's just it just denotes your relationship to pleasure and time like Mm -hmm. yeah like your ability to postpone or not postpone time your ability to prioritize the present moment over like future stability like that would just be my definition of bum yeah
2: absolutely and I mean I think that if you're not capitalism's handmaiden if you're not Mm. capitalism's, like, whore, then I feel as though who you surround around you, who you surround yourself with isn't going to impact your lifestyle negatively. But it doesn't really work for me.
1: What do you mean?
2: Well, in the sense that if I'm here being like, oh, the reason why I can't do this today is because I just paid this much, like, this five digits in taxes and I've got to do this work. I've got to hire this person and so-and-so. And and I just talked to my IP lawyer today and blah, blah, And you're like, hey, can you just chill? Like, just, like, smoke up and relax. And, like, you don't need to do that. Find happiness from something else. That, to me, is not going to work because, like, my lifestyle is my lifestyle and I don't need to justify it, change it, move it around just to make someone a little bit more comfortable. And so what I found is that already it's hard enough finding. I think as you, as I've grown older, I used to keep friends around me to add, like to increase my social value or my perception of my social value. Right. So like, mm. I just needed people around me. So I felt more exciting, more yeah. interesting, more happening. But as I grow older, I'm like, it's never, it never stops that feeling more exciting. Like yeah. the same friend who, who you feel exciting, who who you feel makes your life more exciting because they always want to go out, is the same friend who's going to feel like you're the bum who doesn't want to go out with them. Right. They're managing their perception right. of you because you don't want what they want. So in the sense that I feel like it's so much easier for me to live my life when I'm surrounded by like-minded people and there are enough people who live life the way I do and who have the same relationships towards career, money, love, relationships, mm. like thinking, ideal, ideology, all of that, that I'm just not really interested in like stepping outside of that like criteria yeah, to make a new friend. Especially because I don't, I don't want new... Like, I'm not yearning for new friends. Yeah. But if it was a different criteria, if if it was a different scenario where I was like, oh, I feel like I don't have enough friends and blah, blah, blah. Let me just, like, make friends with this bum bitch because I want to feel special. Yeah. Then, yeah, it would be fine. But I'm not needing, and so I don't want to compromise on the lifestyle I have. But, yeah, not interested in making friends with bums.
1: That's so... I think I'm the opposite. I think I love... I really value bums.
2: You're the type of bitch you talk to someone on the train, though. Yeah, just, like, like keep I really. Pushing, keep pushing, keep
1: pushing. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, I really value bums. I think they are. Well, I think everyone except for Jeff Bezos is valuable to society. So, yeah, I think when I look at my own like friend circle, I think like conceptually, I'd like to believe. I'd like to believe that I have a type or I think I have a type. But when I look at my friend circle, it ranges from... Because I have friends that are really rich but are also bums. And then I... yeah. Yeah, but I think I have friends across the spectrum only because of the undulations of my own career, like going from working to fashion to like deciding not to, to being a regular bitch and then deciding not to. Like there's been, I'm a really inconsistent bitch and I think that shows, like that manifests itself in my friendships. So I think when it comes to like needing friends that are inspirational, I think... I don't... It's so hard. I actually don't know. Like, I think I need friends who reflect my values.
2: I think you do, though, because the definition of being inspirational is, like, to inspire is the process of mentally stimulating someone to do something or feel something.
1: Right, right. So,
2: like, yeah, like, by definition... I don't think you'd hang out with someone for very long who wasn't interesting.
1: Right, yeah.
2: Or mentally stimulating in some way. Even if it's even if that's like, we live different lifestyles, but you're so interesting to me. Mm,
1: yeah, but I think, I don't know that my friends necessarily inspire me to be better more than I just find all of them really interesting in their own unique ways. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but that's yeah. the way,
2: that's how inspiration has been misused. Because to inspire okay, is just okay. to to make to be mentally stimulated. Yeah. To do or feel. Doesn't mean to do or feel something good or better or bigger. Okay. It just means that you're inspired to like act or to change or to like move forward yeah. or to think or to feel.
1: Just to not be a stagnant bitch is That's what you're it. saying. That's it. I don't yeah. even think it's
2: in a, it's in a very philosophical way because yeah. I feel like if you walked into a room and you weren't inspired, you wouldn't feel like, walk you like you would activated <laughs> to speak to anyone to be present to dance to sing you would just be and that's not a fine that's not a bad space to be i know it, i i used to walk into uni i was just like i'm here
1: yeah yeah
2: and then <laughs> you know you walk into some parties i'm here you but. go grocery shopping here we are <laughs> so i think that's like how a lot of people like Live, and I think that's totally valid and valuable. Mm. But I'm in the, of the belief that for how much time you spend with people, um, not just in the physical sense, but how much brain space is required to maintain a good relationship, right? How much emotional, spiritual energy and space you need to hold for someone, you better hope that you're interesting to me in some yeah, way, and yeah. you better hope that we can relate <laughs> on more so than just being two women, two Australian, two like two people. It's not enough. Yeah.
1: No, I hear that. I hear you. What do you think for you is like your, not an expectation, but what do you want from your friendships? Like, do you think there's what? like a universal thing that you need or desire in order? Like, how do you decide whether someone is your friend?
2: Well, I think that's what I've been doing recently, just realizing that because people have access to me and I have access to them, we're just not friends. Yeah. I don't know you. I don't know your friends. I don't know your parents. I don't know the way you're raised. I don't know your beliefs. I just know what you present to me. Yeah. And like when you work in it, because from working in a creative industry, a lot of my friends would be people who are, who are colleagues or who just had creative affiliations, you know Mm. what I mean? So you kind of do the dance of being like cool colleagues where you're like, oh, I think we might be friends. But in reality, on my end, I would say I have 10 friends and ones that I would happily claim as my friends. The rest, I'm like, you acquaintances, Yeah, people, like it's not that deep to me, but I would say for people that I, I people that I would say are my friends, there has to be like a certain level of like self-awareness and not in the sense that you're like, how do I explain this? Like, I just want to be around people who are happy being them. I think I've come across I so many feel... people who are just doing the dance, doing the song of dance, yes. trying to say the right things, be the right people, go the right places. And I'm just so excited when I speak to someone who's like, oh, yeah, like, financially, I align more right than left. Great. Like, that's so fine. With yeah. And you said it with it. your
1: chest. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's
2: all I want. But, and I, especially given, like, the career that I'm in and, when people engage with me, it's very often that they're, they create an imbalance of power by putting me on a pedestal and trying to match it. Mm. So like, you know, always wanting to talk about ways we align in money or career creatively or like, I want to start a business too. And it's like, now I've got to teach you or, you know, be an yeah. authority and that's not fun. So people who regard me as their equal and are happy being themselves in my presence, which is so hard to find it, because I feel like people yeah. are constantly monitoring themselves around me for fear that I'm judging them or I think they're less than me. And it's so boring because I actually don't want to care. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I think also I really like that I the criteria for a friendship is someone who... Yeah, is inspiring, is doing something, not even related to what I want to be doing, but someone I can look at and be like, I can learn something from you. Yeah. We have riveting conversations. I feel like you're in touch with like yourself and the world around you. You're open-minded. You're self-critical enough to change. And these are all things that I have currently. Right. And again, I don't, in the nicest way possible, I don't want any more new friends. So I don't even think no, I do I a feel great the enough same. job at nurturing the friends that I currently have. It's just not enough. And yeah, I haven't come across a lot of people because I think people's access points to me are like through work in some way, through Instagram, through DJing, through TV presenting. So there is always too much context for me and not enough context for them.
1: Right, so people are
2: starting relationships with me, being like, I already know what you like to drink, I already know where you go, I already yeah, know what you wear, I already know where
1: you do.
2: You know, and so they're not starting from scratch. And so they're over in the connection that we have. So I'm here like, okay, so should I just be a puppet? And you can just tell me about me since you know everything, right? Mm,
1: Why don't you tell me
2: some more about me? Why don't you tell me some more about what I like? And that's not fun.
1: I agree. I, yeah, I really agree with your definition of inspiration as well. Because I think for me, I need, for me, my definition of someone who's inspiring is, the extent to which you are fluid so like I really value inconsistency which I know isn't like what we're conditioned to value but I value people who aren't confined to like the boxes of their identity like I really value someone who who can just be like yeah like I'm not attached to any form of like marker of identity or like identity politics and to me that just like that's so expansive and that's so inspiring i like that yeah do you think do you believe in this idea that like people who aren't successful or your friends who aren't successful by whatever your standard of success is will also bring you down
2: I don't think they'll. I know. I don't know. I don't like that idea of them bringing me down. Mm. But I also think that even within relationships, like hierarchies present themselves.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I
2: think that to avoid being in situations where the hierarchy or the gap between the class in this dynamic stretches, yeah, I just don't deal with it. I think also when we talk about you know this friend brings me down so I don't want to engage with them. I feel like what comes to mind is like, you know, we had a conversation, I broke up with them, I let them go. No, it's just weaning off. It's just being less available. It's just saying I don't really want to hang out because I'm not interested in what we used to do. And that I find very, very easy to do. I don't know. I feel like the average person doesn't really pay attention to the friends they keep around them. And I might That's sound so maternal and so because my mum always used to be like really um she's used to make such a big deal of like who are you like who are your friends? Yeah. Aside from people who just make you laugh and you chit chat with, like who are these people? are you proud to say that these are your friends when you're not around, when you don't see how they're presenting? Are they the kind of persons that you, people that you would champion? Like, is this the type of bitch who's going to return a wallet if she saw it? No. Is he the type of guy who's going to, um, you know, like help an old lady with her stuff or see Mm. that someone drop money? Like, if these are not your people, then why do you feel so attached to this relationship? And so I'm not really concerned about someone bringing me down in social standing but I do think I want to be around people that I'm like, even when I'm not with them, I can feel comfortable claiming them. And there were so many friends that I was like, fuck. <laughs> I'd always have yeah, to justify having yeah. we like, weren't actually friends and like, weren't that close. Like, I didn't even know I'm like that. So it's a tricky thing. But like I was saying, I don't think that the average person is really aware of aware of like how much their platonic relationships really do change the way they live their life we can say romantically like oh you have a shit partner it's going to affect you but have you ever thought about what shit friends is doing to you like the amount of people who don't understand like loyalty as a concept who don't understand like camaraderie as a concept like togetherness as a concept because they don't have a great foundation of like friendship. And I'm not talking about having a pop and friend group who's always out drinking every weekend, to, like, whatever. No, just having people who are solid people who are your people. Yeah. If I have to hit, see another DM from someone being like, oh, you know, my friend, you know, she, like, didn't come to my birthday party because she went and had sex with some guy and, like, she, you know, has depression so she's been going through it, like... It is what it is. That's not your friend. Like you don't have to like do backflips to try and be like, you know, um this person is like yeah, it's not every really day. bad for me and it's really damaging and I never feel good around them. They make me feel worthless and I can't trust them. But, you know, I've known her since great. It doesn't matter. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, it's not everyday legacy friendships. Yeah.
2: Yes! What are we holding on to? It's not everyday. And it's Yeah, we're holding on to memories, loose, but also like be good to yourself
1: yeah well i think the reason why people are so attached to friendships that no longer serve them is this false idea that we need to be consistent and i really think like the idea of consistency holds us back from being exp- expansive because today i'm a nihilist tomorrow i'm a buddhist tomorrow the next day i'm an absurdist like next like you you have to be as fluid And I guess this coincides with my definition of inspirational. Like, I just can't be with someone who feels the need... With someone who has an allegiance to any part of themselves. Because as soon as you have an allegiance to anything, like, now you're imprisoned by that thing. And that's... The same goes for friendship. Like, I think there's a fine line between loyalty and clownery. And it's really hard it's really hard to differentiate it's really interesting do you
2: think why is it so hard to differentiate i think it is because
1: i also think the idea of loyalty is really gendered (laughs) so i think and it's also racialized it's yeah it's very political so for example i can see why in black communities loyalty is so much more important Because when the whole world is around you, like snitching is just not an acceptable thing to do. Like snitching is literally the destruction of a community. But then I also think I see this in a lot of male friendships where like a guy will think that loyalty is not holding his friend who is a serial rapist accountable. Oh, so there's, no, do you know what, what I mean? I like mean there's, there's such loyalty. a thin line between loyalty and class. And then there's also legacy friendships where you think you're being loyal to someone just because you're attached to this friendship that's already died. You're attached to parts of yourself that have already died. You're attached to yeah, your past that is in your past, and it's just because you think you're being loyal.
2: Mm. So See, my definition of loyalty is more so the idea of being not even consistent, but constant in a type of support. So Mm. loyalty isn't like, I got your back through thick and thin because you're my friend. Loyalty is like, today I can be here for you because that's what this friendship requires. Tomorrow I can be here for you in a different way because that's what this friendship requires. The reason why... I attach loyalty to friendship is that I'm not loyal to people that I don't know. I don't care to be there for you in the way that you need, if you're not a friend or a priority in that sense. And I think that's the difference between being young or a little bit like adolescent in the way that you navigate friendships is because you're there for everyone at all costs. Right? Like somebody needs your weed hookup. You're there. Somebody (laughs) needs you to, you know, like to borrow your car. You're there. Somebody wants to crash at your house. It's fine. I got you. And it's like, yeah, "Mm -hmm." In this sense, me being loyal is being consistent to what I need and saying that, hey, I got you, but this is this is asking for too much.
1: Yeah. Thank
2: you. <laughs> Not like at all costs. I don't know. Nobody is at all costs for me. Anyone can get it. Yeah, that's and how get I feel it, too. And I get it, I mean nothing.
1: <laughs> I also think there's a difference between being loyal to a person versus being loyal to that relationship. So like you yeah, could be dating someone. But are you loyal to your boyfriend? Are you loyal to your relationship with your boyfriend? Mm. And I think for me, I'm loyal to relationships. I'm not loyal to people. Like, if my boyfriend and I break up, that's fine. Because our relationship can always change form. Like, it's fine.
2: I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's... I would love to hear from... Someone or a group of people, not personally, just put it in the in the Facebook group. um mm. <laughs> What it looks like to not to not mind who you surround yourself with, to not expect inspiration from friends. I don't really expect acquaintances, like extended family, even family, to be inspiring. But if I'm going to go out of my way to maintain and feed into this dynamic, and yeah. you know, water it, harvest, you know, pull out all the weeds, and then not really care that you're mentally stimulating or interesting then what is the value of that friendship because i still feel like if you're hanging out with someone and all you do is like laugh and like get fucked up there's still a stimulation in that interaction you know i can't imagine is that
1: bettering you i think that's i guess that's the differentiation here is that some people don't need their friends to better their lives they just need pleasure and I guess the question then is, is that sustainable? And is that a good idea?
2: <laughs> but but isn't pleasure a form of bettering? I'm
1: not not necessarily. Like, I could be getting pleasure from doing coke every weekend, but, like, it's destroying my brains. You know what I
2: mean? Yeah, but if it's bettering you in the sense that it's giving you a lust for life and a reason to live and general enthusiasm, then Ooh, I, those two feel like... I think all pleasure, even if it's hedonistic and ultimately destructive, is still bettering.
1: Really? Oh my god, no. That's, wow, wait, that's really fascinating. We can look
2: at self-betterment from such a very, like, um, just such a, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. I think self-betterment can be really snobby sometimes. Whereas I agree we, with we you. look at things like you know reading and yoga and meditation as better than the pleasure that we would get from like eating poorly or like going out all the time. and either way, it's less I think when it comes to self- betterment it's less about the action and more about the impact of you for you. not about the impact okay. of how it's perceived. Like, if you go out every weekend and you get fucked up and you're having a great time because you feel connected and alive and present, then go ahead. Like, do that. <laughs> Enjoy.
1: Okay, but and- is, is that pleasure still beneficial if it negatively affects you or the people around you?
2: But we're not talking about beneficial. We're saying it's bettering. And, like, I think that's. Wait, that, what's like- the
1: difference?
2: Because bettering is just improving from here to now. Beneficial is putting a value on that exchange. And there's no value. It just is. Interesting. Interesting.
1: I've never viewed pleasure from that lens.
2: Because I think a lot of things are, I think, yeah, of course, there are a ton of things that are pleasurable pleasurable, and not beneficial. But I don't think we should negate that the benefit of that pleasure if it's not going to be like, Like, for example, like, let's say you are someone who um, just, like, loves food and you love eating and whatever. And everyone's like, you need to really stop with it because you're putting on a lot of weight and, like, you're not fitting into clothes like you used to. And, like, it looks like you're letting yourself go. But you're like, sis, I just really love food. I love cooking it. I love eating it. I love researching it. Like, it really just makes me happy. And, of course the adverse impact of that is that, yeah, I'm going to put on weight and maybe not be ultimately as healthy as I could, but I derive so much pleasure from this experience that it is worth it to me.
1: Okay. I see what you mean.
2: Do you know? It's like, yeah, go ahead. Enjoy that. Or even things like, you know, like let's say you're someone who, um, works themselves to death and you're like honestly like i'm always so stressed i'm so anxious i barely sleep but i feel so gratified by my job that i'm able to apply myself and the outcome of it is that i'm doing good like why can't somebody have that even though we're like babes like you're gonna burn out and die from like stress induced (laughs) fucking like sicknesses and you're like i know but i'm really just like i derive so much pleasure from this experience of working hard that's interesting
1: i think I I don't think people are self-aware enough to (laughs) how do I frame this? I don't think people are self-aware enough to like make that decision to like make that type of hedonistic decision and like be able to know whether it is benefiting them or whether they are deriving.
0: Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
1: So, for example, like, if I smoke 10 cigarettes a day because I just get pleasure from that, but I also haven't reconciled the fact that this is going to decrease my lifespan by 10 years, is that still beneficial?
2: But I think by that same thought, I I know the average person isn't self-aware enough to even consider if the people that they keep around them are inspirational or improving them. Because <laughs> yeah. for the most part, people end up with friends Most people don't know how to choose friends because if they did, we wouldn't have a Facebook group full of, I find it hard to make friends. I find it hard to make friends. Why can't I make friends? Because we end up with them. A lot of us are lucky we've been in environments where the gravitational pull has been so strong that we chose each other by some cosmic way.
1: Right. But a lot of
2: us have friends from high school, so we still have them. Or like we made friends with our partners friends because we were always hanging around. So, yeah, by that same vein, I don't think the average person is self-aware enough to how much any of this contributes to the way they look at their lives. Like, you might not regard the friends you have as bums, but maybe they've normalized your alcohol intake because all of them drink too much. So suddenly, like, oh, I'm not an alcoholic because they all drink too much. Or, you know, your friends might not be bums, but, you know, the reason why you none of you have traveled or left the country is because you've prioritized, you know, buying bags on the weekend instead of, you know, going to a traditional job and saving. Those yeah. two are mutually exclusive, but I can see why, like, if you're not self-aware enough to see how the people around you impact the life that you live, that you would just assume that's just your portion to not have the things you want because nobody around you also has them. Excluding, like, external factors like, you know, class and socioeconomic status and hierarchies and all of that. Yeah. Just on a basic level.
1: That's really interesting. Like, do you... How do I frame this? Do you value, like discipline at all or do you see it as like if we're all gonna die like why why be like why not just lean into all the pleasures and just enjoy do you know what i mean or do you think there's like a benefit to like discipline i don't have an answer for this myself but i just wonder
2: the way i think about it the point is whether you're aware of your mortality or not you've always known you were going to die like that's not a new concept to anyone i disagree so what you've done with that time
1: i think you, you know that no, no no i think you know <laughs> so i think you and i have been forced to or maybe we haven't been forced to maybe this is just the way our brains are set up like we've really confronted our mortality and we've really thought about it so we're hyper aware of it but i literally feel like most people live as if life is infinite.
2: But and that's I feel like why their lives are so alive. devoid. Yeah, yeah I- for how long we're alive, though, I do think that life is infinite. I feel like when you when you ascribe arbitrary timelines to when you should or shouldn't do anything, Mm. like if you are capitalism's handmaid and you do, then suddenly it all feels shorter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, the concept of living and dying is not new. I just think that people now realize they have more control over what they do in that time than they initially thought. So at the time when we all thought, Oh, we just like go to uni, get a job, get married, have a kid, die type thing. It all felt like, like a forever experience because all those we weren't motivated by anything by just having to do it right but now you have choice you realize like oh this choice impacts that outcome and so i need to be mindful of the choices i make and now we're paralyzed by not wanting to ruin the outcome and so we struggle with making choices but i think the whole idea of living and dying is not a new concept it's just how much time how you perceive time like 80 years not a long time to me but 80 years for someone who's like, ugh, I've been doing this shit. Yeah. <laughs>
1: forever. Yeah. That's interesting. In your opinion, what do you think is a life wasted? I asked Mukundra this today as well. But yeah, like, what do you think is like, have you ever looked at someone and thought, wow, like you've wasted your life? Or or what <laughs> do you, at the <laughs> at the end of your life, what would you have done or not done to feel like, shit, like, I've wasted my life?
2: I reckon, like, that coulda, shoulda, woulda energy is a life wasted.
1: Mm. Like So having regrets.
2: Not even having regrets. Because like, I think regrets also implies that you've acted and then not liked the outcome also. Yeah. Let's look at the definition of regrets. <laughs> Define regrets. Regret is to feel sad, repented, or disappointed over something that one has done or failed to do. Okay, both. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, The but not even it's less about like, yeah, doing something and not liking the outcome, but the people who don't act and then are upset about the outcome based on their inaction, like you had a choice and you didn't take it, and so how annoyed can you be at at the circumstance, like it's your fault. So people always like, <laughs> you know, I wish I could have gone here, or I, you know, I should have just done. Like I should wish have I would just have gone asked to him I should have just gotten liposuction. I should have just asked him out. I should have asked my boss for a raise. That shit frustrates me because yeah. the connotation is that somebody should have helped you, or you, like, so like I don't know, it doesn't feel, like, very self-aware, coulda, shoulda, woulda people. Yeah. Because we've always all had choices, and we all know that nothing happens unless you act. And so this idea of spending all this extra brain space thinking about what you could have done or should have done or would have done, when you should have just done something, anything, mm. you know? So, yeah, like, if if I can look back on my life and, th- and what comes to mind is all the things I didn't do, and how that impacts me negatively Mm, sad
1: yeah i also think when we get to the end of our lives i think we don't regret the things that we did or didn't do i think what we regret is what we invested our energy into like we regret the things that we cared about like when i'm on my deathbed I think a life wasted would be me get being on my deathbed and being like, fuck, I invested too much time into my appearance. Like, fuck mm. that shit. I wasted so many years pressed about how my hair looks, doing twist outs, when I could have been <laughs> doing what? You know what I mean? So I think, yeah, I think um, the things that waste our lives are not so much what we do, but what we invest our mental intellectual and emotional space into you know
2: but also it's one of those things that's also like an arbitrary idea because how many people do we know have gotten to the end of their life and have been able to consciously say like this is this is what I regret doing I think if you're not self-aware to evaluate your behavior in the time where you have the ability to change it that in itself is a problem like that's regretful if it takes you- your whole entire life mm. for you to be like you know what i should have maybe not cared so much about why i weighed like what were you doing the whole time
1: like, but what- that, that is that's the mode of existence that like most people are in because i think what yeah, happens but
2: I, on a small scale like aren't you like constantly evaluating moving around pieces changing 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 yeah no we are
1: like you are I am most of my friends are but the vast majority of I literally like the vast majority of people they wake up they go to their job they come back home they watch tv sleep repeat and there's no thought beyond how could this be different like there's none of that Mm. because we're not conditioned to question like yeah do you know what I mean like our education system doesn't it really doesn't encourage like questioning our current mode of existence it just encourages assimilating into it and once you're fully assimilated into it you don't question you know it's and like religion is also another thing or maybe not religion but like certain religions also really don't encourage questioning they just encourage assimilation so i can fully understand why after years of being socially conditioned <laughs> Into pursuing symbols of happiness and symbols of success, you get to the end of the light. You get to the end of your life, and you realize it was all a sham. And you only realize that because you don't feel full. Like all the things that were supposed to nourish you didn't nourish you. And it's only then when you start to question, "Oh shit! Well, why don't I feel nourished by all these things that were promised to nourish me?" You. That's when you realize. And it's because you invested all of your mental space and time into the wrong things.
2: Doesn't this go back to the initial point that it matters that who you keep around you matters though? Because yes, like let's say like you go above about your day to day life doing the things you've done before because also that's been affirmed by everybody else around you who's also doing what they've done before right right right. so like for instance let's say when i worked a traditional job when i was working pr and digital comms in an office of course i didn't think there wasn't like some innate self-belief that i was like oh, you know what i'm gonna go become a dj just because like the world is my fucking oyster no suddenly i was surrounded by people who had unconventional jobs and right. who were doing them so often that it became normal to me to witness them doing what they were doing that I was like, wait, why can't I do that? Right. So yeah, that's why we have to talk about like the inherent privilege that comes with wanting to do something outside of what you've been doing because you need access to see that lifestyle reflected back at you at people who you can relate with or people you resonate with.
1: Oh, absolutely. And so...
2: That's why I think it matters who you surround yourself with because if you're happy with the way that you are doing life, because like let me backtrack. I think there's a like a certain level of like confidence and self assurance that's required to get up and go against the grain. Yeah, and yeah, I don't fully. Think a lot of people. I I don't have that. I mean, I grew that, but I didn't. I had that in small doses. Like it's easy to wear like you know platform shoes and a goth eye makeup. When you're in high school, because you're gratified by like, not people around you. I mean, they made fun of me, but online, there are enough like, you know, different subgroups and yeah. little communities online that I felt empowered by that decision.
1: Right. right, right.
2: And like, you know, but there are very few of us who are like, people who grew up in small rural towns, you know, packed up all their shit, had $100, moved to a big city. Like, that's powerful. That's bold. And that's courageous. Yeah. yeah. And most of us aren't those things. But it takes, you know, interaction from those around you, friends, acquaintances, whoever, who inspire you to do or act because you've seen how it's worked out for them. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, so like, I agree. It's the re- and it happens on in small level. Like the reason why some of us feel so empowered to jump back on dating apps again and again and again is because we've seen success around us that we feel empowered to do that even if it contradicts our experience beforehand. Yeah. The reason why we feel so comfortable, you know, not going to uni or college and, and following a, a non-traditional career path is that enough people around us have done it that we've been like, okay, maybe it's completely possible. Right. so like if you're feeling stagnant in some way it's safe to say that it could be the people you keep around you because that is your direct that's your world <laughs> like you have the world inside your head your perceptions your beliefs your ideologies right. everything that are formed and nurtured by you just being you and then you have your direct world which is the people that you have access to Like, Hollywood is not your direct world. People in Africa aren't your direct world. Like, your direct world is here, in your suburb, at your job, at your uni. Like, that is, that's your world. And so, yeah, perhaps it's like the craziest thing you could do is dye your hair blue and, you know, start an OnlyFans. But for somebody in their direct world, the craziest thing they could do is, you know, settle down and date one person, get married and have a kid. Yeah. Relative. But we it have is. choices. We all have choices and we have options. Why wait till the end of your life? To, to it's not so? it,
1: No, I like I fully agree with everything you're saying. But I also think which also goes back to what you were saying, in that like even having access to inspirational friends is a privilege that's been mm-hmm. predetermined from the moment of your inception. So all of my belief systems and my ways of thinking really have just been shaped by all of my experiences that I've gone through life. And all of those experiences were predetermined from the minute that I was born or the minute that I was even conceived. And so I can fully understand why, like you were just born in a village in, I don't know, in like some remote island somewhere and all you had access to was just the people in that village, you actually don't have... You don't know what you don't know. So you literally don't even have access to friends who could show you what you, what your life could be. So that's actually all you have. Do you know yes. what I mean?
2: But when I think about the people that we're speaking about, if the yeah. way I look at most things, if you have access to listen to us, yeah. then you have access. Yeah. Because here we are. Like, we're showing you the experience. You know what yeah. I mean? So, like, I understand it. Yeah, if you're in a remote village, 100%. If you don't have access to the internet, great. No TV. Ama- like, that is totally justifiable. Mm. But for the average person, who you keep around you extends to who you follow on social media, what you read on the internet, what news you read, like, what news titles you deem to be, um like correct and incorrect. These are all things you keep around you that right. influence the way you do and live. Right. Right. So like I can say, yeah, growing up, I never had, you know, um, somebody who worked in media, like, around me. So I just never... No, bitch. I was on YouTube like you were on YouTube. The only reason I fucking went to college to study PR is because I was watching The Hills and I saw Kelly Catrone and I was like, she looks fucking sick. <laughs> yeah, she's doing. what she's doing. Yeah. That's the, uh, there was no PR person in my household. There was none of that. And so what I'm saying is that I understand external factors all exist. And, like, the reason why... And the question... That started this whole conversation is like, why do you think we're drawn to success? Blah 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 blah. Yeah. The answer is always fucking capitalism. We know yeah. Every episode for like capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> like even if you think you're indoctrinated, if you're not, if you're programmed, if you're not, if you can, like it's all the reason. Yeah. What was it the is. reason? Capitalism. So <laughs> it let's is just literally start and end there. Number two, what influences why you want something? Capitalism. Like, original and unique look. I remember we were talking about, like, I'm gonna digress really quickly and come back. Yeah, we were talking about a couple episodes ago, like, if we, I think it was about manifest manifestation and spirituality, mm. and if we believe that all the good things that happened to us were was our doing, and if the bad things that happened to us was our doing, right? Yeah. And I was looking at this thing called self attribution bias or self affirming bias. Yeah, also, is when like we are so like our cognitive bias and dissonance is so large that we really believe if good things happen to us it's from our doing it's us and if bad things happen to us it's because of everybody around us
1: right and it's the
2: same line of thinking i hear when people justify why they don't do the things they want to do or go where they want to go yeah because it's suddenly society you know what i mean yeah so like when you're at home popping off you know getting likes on your pictures that was all you
1: yeah. But yeah. now, you don't but have now the you're what, unemployed. It's society.
2: <laughs> it's the glass ceiling. yeah It's the patriarchy. But, but we're not we're not turning any any eyes inwards because what's the point, right? Right. That's what I'm getting to. Like I'm not saying that everybody's privileged enough to do what they want because they want to. No. Like not everyone can get it. Some like hierarchies exist. It's just order. yeah it's just natural yeah. pecking order. People need to be not people need to people are on the bottom, people are on the top. Be grateful you are where you are. It is what it is. But for the most part, if you have access to listen to this podcast, yeah. if you have access to the internet, then you have resource. Mm. And with resource, you're given the gift of choice. And I don't know where it happened, but I know that a lot of people think choice is binary. Like you have this decision or that decision and it's two and that's it. Yeah, no. no, you have choices, plenty. All yeah. of them, they exist. And it's a matter of like, applying your own individual agency and saying like how much of how much of me and how much of my individual skills can impact my outcome more positively and if not step it up upskill
1: i think another thing is just being honest with ourselves like i think a lot of people's dreams and desires and ambitions are just not their own like they're just dreams desires and ambitions that were conditioned or programmed into them by capitalism or their family and 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 I think a lot of I think what would also help with a lot of people's anxiety around success and ambition is literally we have to abolish this idea that everyone can do anything like that this idea that everyone is capable of anything and we really need to emphasize the idea that like no actually we're all trash and we're all flawed and realistically most of us are trash at most things and we're good at very few things and what will benefit you and by benefit I mean what will bring you the most fulfillment is doing the thing that you were designed to do instead of pursuing the things that you were conditioned to pursue by capitalism Mm -hmm. and like existing outside of the mind space of capitalism every day and just like figuring out who you are and doing what you were designed to do as opposed to what the simulation has convinced you or coerced you to do. I think that literally would change so many people's idea of success and ambition and, and, and. And it would just make... Because I think another thing that causes this idea of choice, I think freedom is actually a burden. And I also think it's an illusion. But I think it causes so much unnecessary anxiety. Like I think anxiety literally is just the dizziness of choice. But when you're you're self-aware and you're like honest with yourself about who you are, you actually, you don't have to go through the anxiety of picking from a hundred different choices because there's just one which is just be yourself like just do what you were designed to do you don't have to pick from a million different choices because they were never yours to begin with just be yourself like does that make sense
2: yeah it's a hard one
1: (laughs) is it i feel like that's something that you do really like i think you really stay in your lane Which isn't to say that you only do one thing, but you're just so much yourself in that like today you're decorating your house, tomorrow you're DJing. Like you actually just do what you were designed to do. And I think that that takes away a lot of the dizziness and the confusion of navigating capitalism because most of the anxiety of navigating capitalism just comes from feeling like you have a million choices to pick from. When in reality you don't, because you only yeah. have so many things that you can do, and is actually that is enjoyable to you and fulfilling to you, and it's not like it's when you're being honest with yourself, it's not a million different things.
2: That's a heavy one for a lot of people. Yeah, the point is, like, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, try some shit out. Yeah, I think that like. If we're all really honest with ourselves and our relationship to success, we would know, we would have more answers than we have currently.
1: Right, I yeah. Mean,
2: a, a question like, why, like, what impacts our, like, that's just dumb, capitalism. It's just a matter of, like, how has <laughs> yeah. capitalism in, impacted you? Because we can talk theories about what capitalism has done. yeah theoretically but as individuals how has it impacted your relationship to to success and money right that is way more important than us than being like hypothetically do your friends impact blah 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 and that's like the whole issue with internet discourse is that we take these concepts um that have been applied to a general sample size of society mm. and then also want to apply them to our individual situations. Yeah. So yeah, when we say capitalism is trash, a hundred percent, but I can also say that I know how much I benefited from it. Like,
1: right. It, right. And,
2: and so, you know, I just, mm. <laughs> yeah, it's that, it's that deeper level of assessment to say, like, I think, that we did a lot of this like deep assessment when it came to talking about feminism, and when Bobo mentioned that she doesn't identify as a feminist, but she practices feminism, and that just like opened minds because nobody had been thinking deep not not nobody, but the majority hadn't been thinking deeper than what it means to identify as
1: yeah, yeah, not what it
2: means to practice yeah and similarly when i when I had done an Instagram survey on feminism and I said, of those of you who identify as a feminist, how do you practice it?" Mm. And that was resp- the response was, What do you mean? I'm like, Well, if imagine. You've got it so far, if I identify <laughs> as a Christian, there's a practice involved. Right. If I ident- like, it's just, just tell me what you mean by saying that you are. And yeah. then from there, let's have a discussion. And so, what I want to, I mean, not, this is not my. What I want for you or people listening, but for myself personally, I'm so far removed from like trying to find the psychological, sociological, philosophical concept to justify what I'm doing and just do and be and draw conclusions. Because, like, Mm, this whole idea, people are so concerned with, like, not wanting to identify as, like, being capitalism's handmaiden. When I see you go do your job all day, I see you have conventional ideas of success. I see you hoarding your wealth. Like, you just are, (laughs) and that's fine. Now... Be, continue with what you're doing. Yeah, you know, like I see you identify as a feminist, but I also recognize your internalized misogyny, and I also see you calling people sluts and asking for body counts. Yeah, I like it's fine, but,
1: but just let's be just aware do the
2: additional thinking.
1: <laughs> <Let's> yeah, just...
2: <laughs> honestly, you're yeah, allowed to be complex and layered, and. Like, and I, I get it because I feel like when I first started, like, coming across these concepts, my concern was being academic and being intellectually sound than actually saying, hey, like, <laughs> like, I get using these concepts as a framework to try and understand what my views are. But, like, your views are never going to align perfectly into these little molds that you should go. Yeah. So just do and be. Like, and often I, I, I love these, I love asking people questions, um, because I would think, I start to think, does the answer really matter? So if we did a whole podcast episode and we were like, you know what, we don't believe that, that you are the sum of the people you keep keep around you. And then what? Does yeah. Does that change your lifestyle? Do you start, <laughs> yeah. Like, do you start befriending strugglers? <laughs> like, or, like what happens then?
1: like right 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 what like how do you put way? yeah because yeah.
2: there are a ton of ways we could improve our lives and nobody's doing it because it's just too fucking hard <laughs> like every time people ask like oh i didn't know what i didn't know but people will ask me all the time like are you vegan as well because of bobo i'm like no oh how are you guys friends in the uh, same how? way like <laughs> what does it matter oh you shouldn't be friends with that person because they they lean more right wing can and you imagine and here it is (laughs)
1: can you imagine (laughs) yeah i think we really we really have to allow ourselves to be complex three-dimensional human beings and also we have to just be at peace with the fact that a fundamental part of the human condition is contradiction like you are just a bag of contradictions and that's fine like that's okay well enjoy everyone I know. I know. Let's close I up with that. a final a final question because it was part of this question here. Oh, yeah. Do you think pursuing success is worthwhile?
2: For me, yeah.
1: Mm. Why do you say Look, that?
2: Because I've already seen wins. You know what I mean? Like if I yeah. was someone who was like a slave to success and just wasn't seeing results. We all have that one friend who's like Mr. Big Idea, who's like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to this. And then you've got... Credit card debt, student loan debt. Yeah, and it's just you're not. There are no wins. There's no justification yeah. for how hard you're working for no positive outcome. <laughs> if if I was giving advice, I'd say maybe it's not for you. Yeah, but for me, it's working. Yeah, I mean, like, I think also when we talk about worthwhile, we have to take into consideration what our relationship to time is and how much we value it. Mm, You know what I mean? I think I spend my time well. The time I've spent in my life doing shit has been fulfilling and rewarding because I'm good at stuff. So like the time I spend doing DIYs is rewarding because I'm good at it. Would I recommend people do DIYs? If you're not creative, probably not because it's a waste of time. We already know that my therapist had said that I have preoccupation with wasting time so I'm very hyper aware of what I think my value is and what and how I want to use the time of that, that I have. Yeah. If you don't find time to be very valuable, if you would happily, quote unquote, waste it, do things that are inconsequential, not mind if, you know, you've spent six hours doing nothing, doing something that's not going to benefit you either way, then go ahead. Everything is worthwhile if time is not valuable to you
1: interesting yeah
2: i often i think if you're a nihilist if you're an anarchist if you're kind of like the person who's like we're just here shit's random i'm just trying to live it out then i i think everything is worthwhile if you're a nihilist right because you're gonna die anyway do some shit but if you have a if you have a different relationship to time i think also if you are not necessarily religious, but if you're a person who thinks that there are consequences for certain behavior, and you're acutely aware of putting um, putting standards on—not putting standards, but putting moral t- moral standards on what you're doing—and putting and trying to like quantify what it is you're doing and why, then a lot of things yeah. aren't worthwhile. Like if you can go to work, let's say you go to work eight hours and make I don't know four hundred dollars, right? Then suddenly you. Spending eight hours doing a DIY that fails isn't worthwhile because you've created a value system for your time.
1: Right, I see what you mean. So, okay. like,
2: everything is worthwhile if if everything that you're doing has an outcome that is, like, beneficial to you. Like, if you're learning, if you're making money, if you're enjoying it, that's yeah. all worthwhile. But if it's not the outcome that you want, then it's not worthwhile to you. I think that's very clear.
1: Yeah, no, it is. It is. Okay, so you're someone who's, like very compatible with capitalism in the sense that yeah in the sense that like you really derive pleasure from it and it also benefits you um yes and you you have skills that are of value in the marketplace like in the supply demand marketplace you have skills that are of value so you can monetize Mm -hmm. if you are not that person what do you think because I think most people are not compatible with capitalism and that's by design doesn't mean like you're Mm. defected or flawed. Capitalism was designed for 95% of people to not be compatible with it. But what is a meaningful or worthwhile way to spend your time when you simply are not compatible with the system that you have to live in?
2: Doing things that spark joy, <laughs> really like if yeah. honestly if I because so much of how I govern my life is by like a a formula of like will this benefit me yeah like creatively and like monetarily yeah <laughs> like yeah or also but just like by basic pleasure like is this gonna feel good and also does it align with capitalism if so yes it's worthwhile. But if I didn't have that kind of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? If I wasn't so bogged down by that, I would just be doing things that I like because I already do that. Right. But imagine not feeling pressure because the more, the more times I do things just for doing's sake, that don't have any like monetarily monetarily value any value in like the capitalist like um, life cycle, mm. then I find myself working extra hard to justify that time I've taken. That's so
1: interesting.
2: Do You know, so like, yeah, I could spend a whole day painting and putting shit on my wall for fun, but the next day, you best believe, you're totally- to starting a new business. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're not having an existential crisis. That's so. I'm literally the exact opposite. Like, mm. if I spend the day doing something, it's why I could never keep any job and why I've been so inconsistent. Is because I fundamentally feel like I'm wasting my life away by making... Like, even the act... For me, the act of even thinking about money, I it feels to me like I'm wasting time. And I, similarly to you, have a preoccupation with wasted time. But my relationship to time is that it has to be... It has to be... For me, for my time to feel valuable, it has to be external to capitalism like anytime that i'm even like thinking about money i feel like my time is being wasted and i know that's just as toxic as otherwise but i also think i know that's also a function of knowing that i'm also like fundamentally incompatible with capitalism so i'm not trying to i'm not trying to force myself to be compatible with it i'm trying to exist outside of its constructs For as long as humanly possible, which I also know will shorten my lifespan, but I'm chill with that.
2: And I can imagine people are thinking, like, you two sound so privileged.
1: Really, why?
2: Well, because I think it all when whenever we talk about ways in which we are like, like, are shaking ourselves free from what's expected and doing what we like. I noticed the responses, but you you two two can do that. Like, you're allowed to do that because, like, you're lucky or you're privileged or whatever. Oh,
1: no, like, I've chosen to be poor. Like, I'm... (laughs) No, like, I'm a broke bitch because I've actively chosen to externalize my time outside. Like, I've made the choice. Do you know what I mean? So it's not... Yeah. And even in making... Like, all choices to be made are made from a place of privilege. But Mm -hmm. I went from making really good money to not and i like actively made that choice out of the out of knowing that like capitalism is decaying my soul like it like is literally deteriorating the very fabric of my being so this is what i have to choose
2: and on the other hand (laughs) i feel like when i think about the world and um The world, success, society, who benefits and who doesn't. Mm. Even within, like, the different experiences and, like, the different levels of privilege, different levels of oppression and whatever, the blueprint has existed for, like, from the beginning of time. Mm. Like, there are very clear ways to, quote-unquote, get ahead, to benefit, to capitalize, to leverage all of that. And if you regard somebody... Who has done any of those things are simply privileged. Then you forget to see that your your like your blind spots are on because mm. like there are very few of us who have benefited from nepotism, or yeah. from, from, from generational wealth, <laughs> yeah, or from any of those things that remove the like agency of like of getting what you got. For the rest of us, it is just clear we followed a blueprint of some sort that worked. Yeah. There are no secrets.
1: They, if thank you. Worked, Say it louder. Say like, it louder if, for the people at the back. If
2: you want a benefit, like, number one, be the white man's whore. Literally. We all know. You like, just... <laughs> number two, sell something. Commodify yourself. Commodify you, a you product. You
1: have so to a, be a slave. Something. Like, you <laughs> must be a slave. There's no... That's the thing, hey. People really think that, no, there are no secrets. There's a very clear blueprint to success under capitalism. If -hmm. you want to obtain it, follow the blueprint and you will get there. Like, you have to be a slave. You Listen, bitch, you want to work in entertainment? You have to fuck a couple of people. Like, there's just a, you have to exploit.
2: Your slavery will exist in different ways. Like, if you look at my lifestyle and think that I'm free, whew. You have to reevaluate what you think is freedom. No, freedom is an illusion. I am tied to everybody. I'm tied to everybody who follows me. I'm tied to everyone who makes money off me. I'm tied to everyone who I make money off.
1: Yeah.
2: It's symbiosis to a degree that I can never escape.
0: <laughs>
2: and I've yeah. chosen it that way. If you, like, it's, and it's, it goes back to your perception. Right. Like, and do you know what this reminds me of? I feel mm. like it goes back to self-affirming biases you can list all the ways in which you can't have what you want because of external forces. And you can list all the ways that they have what they have because of external forces. Mm, right? So yeah. the reason why you don't have this, that, whatever is because of capitalism, socioeconomic status, whatever, but the reason why she has it is because of capitalism and so it's, it's all same sides, two different different sides of the same coin. It right. all moves and works together. And I wish that was more clear to a lot of people. Yeah. But, and again, it happened yeah. in, our, um, in our episode about pretty privilege, where people were saying that what that the reason why they thought they didn't have pretty privilege was because they were black, overweight, didn't have good teeth or whatever, mm. but said that I, a person who has all of those characteristics, also benefits from pretty privilege. Let your biases be known. Listen. Listen. wow it is
1: is what it is what a spicy episode hey what a spicy episode yeah success is such a i know i love this one success is such a loaded term because there's so many different ways of approaching the subject but that's you know i guess that's part one thank you guys for listening to i feel like this is a very like passionate episode
0: so thanks for listening to us yelling in in your
1: ears (laughs) we loved it um let us know your thoughts what is your relationship to success do you think pursuing success is worthwhile um I think I think what was interesting about this episode is that we both have such different ways of like navigating success in our relationship to time and meaning and purpose is so different so yeah let us know where you fall on the spectrum follow us on instagram oh i Mm.
2: have one more question and if you're not comfortable with your relationship to success whether it be good bad whatever what is stopping you in your opinion from changing your circumstance
1: Mm. yeah follow us let us know in the facebook group let's start a thread on success